What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to the 90 and 60 plus podcast. Yes, we've been off your screens or phones or audios for a while, but we're back, guys. And I would just say, but no need to fear, we're back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, man, been, been, been gone for a while. The last pod was the, the live stream we had, and yeah, uh, great success from that. Uh, thanks again for everyone that tuned in, saw the replay and everything, but we're back. Uh, and there is still some footy to play left in the season, man. But yeah, uh, just me today and with my co-host Aldo. Aldo, before we get into the football content, man, how you doing real quick? I'm good, man. I'm good. I just uh, had a hell of a weekend. You know, I was in Denver, actually, with some friends, and that was a blast. But man, just getting back now, uh, I think Crystal and me are are dead we're, we're just dead right now but so other than that it's pretty cool how about you man yeah bro i've been great the semester wrapped up summer well summer is i was gonna say is in full effect but it's been pretty rainy bro all that rain damn it's like uh seattle up in here but no it's been good bro, bro not gonna <laughs> lie it looks so green it looks so so nice and beautiful out there bro with all that rain yeah that's uh, true. the river's freaking high too man <laughs> so i want to go paddle boarding or, yeah. or tubing one of these days right now yeah dude perfect for the summer but nah man everything's been great yeah uh really happy to be back on the pod with you especially bro uh so without any further ado you ready to just go on with our football content and get right back where we left off let's do it let's do it sweet so let's kick it off as we do every single week y'all with our biggest takeaways from the week just passed and i guess these takeaways can vary from the week just passed all the way up until like three weeks <laughs> since our last podcast but no there's been a lot of football and a lot of breaking news that's happened but i think the one thing that has stood out to me the most has been uh revolving kind of barcelona's um exiles coming up this summer as we all know sergio busquets is out of contract a lot of talk that he was going to renew and possibly reunite with messi who is heavily rumored to come back but now it's been announced and confirmed that he will be leaving the club come the end of the season not sure he's retiring actually i'm pretty sure he's not going to be able to retire or not going to retire but yeah very very sad because it is the last piece of that barca um kind of dynasty that was under pep guardiola for a while you know he was that last piece of that team that was still with the team now he's leaving at the end of the season truly the end of an era for barca and all their supporters but hey man we look to the future with xavi who was one of those key and crucial players that at the helm right now current manager and hopefully they can i think he's the right person to rebuild this project you know i think he saw the past and he will definitely honor it but i think he also has an eye towards the future so Really excited to see what that has to come. And obviously, Busquets, you know, father time catches up to all of us. I think that was very evident this season. Still a very good player and can play very well in a, the right system, as we've seen with the national team in Spain. But I think uh, football has sadly surpassed him over in Barca. So uh, what a legend. What a legend of the game. I think, honestly, one of the best defensive midfielders of all time. I think he's definitely up there, at least top five for me. But yeah, sad to see him go, but excited for the future as well. So, Sergio Busquets, thank you from all from all the Barca fans. Yeah, man, I'm not going to say much. You you said it clearly there. But I will say this. I think Busquets was heavily underrated for so much of his career. But you said it best, man. Yeah, congratulations for him and his wonderful career. And time for him to enjoy his retirement. All right, boy, what you got for us? What's your takeaway? Well... There's a lot that happened, man. A lot that happened. Um, I mean, City beat Real Madrid. City won the final. Uh, won the <clears throat> the Prem. Arsenal bottled it. There's a lot to choose from, man. But I guess my biggest takeaway for right now 
is that we have Roma in the Europa League final. So that means that Jose Mourinho has is one step closer to achieving. I mean, I don't know what I would call it, but I would call it the beautiful trouble. All right. So he won the Conference League with Roma. He's in the Europa League now with Roma as well. If he wins it, next up is the Champions League. And boy, I hope he does it. Yeah, Roma, man. What a season they've been having. Italian teams in general, I feel like they've really dominated European competitions this season. Um, There's three... Italian clubs and European finals this season. We obviously got Fiorentina in the Conference League, the UEFA Conference League versus West Ham. And then we got the Europa League final, which you just mentioned, Roma. And who's their opponent this year? It's not Feyenoord. It's um, Bayer Leverkusen? No. That's who they just beat in the semis. I, I think it's Sevilla. That's right. That's right, bro. The mighty Sevilla, the Real Madrid of the uh, of the Europa League. <laughs> Honestly. But, uh, yeah, and then obviously Napoli. Obviously, the Champions League was heavily contended by Italian teams. We had Napoli and Inter Milan and AC Milan in the semifinals, but uh, obviously one of them did get to the final, which is Inter. So, yeah, it's been a really great season, almost a bit of a rejuvenation for Italian football across Europe, so really happy to see that. And like you mentioned, bro, Jose, we kind of made fun of it last year because he won the Conference League and it was the last European trophy he has yet to win. And he kind of did in reverse order, winning the Champions League, then Europa, then Conference. But I think you mentioned this on our last pod as well. You know, he has the opportunity to go right from the bottom all the way up, won the Conference, can potentially win the Europa, and then maybe he can win the Champions League with Roma in a season or two. That'll be really cool. Yeah, dude, it most definitely would. And, you know, Mario, he is that kind of manager to be able to do something like that. I mean, just look at how he started and, and just look at Mourinho's story. I mean, that's crazy, man. That Porto side he had way back when. Whew, and not, not only did he get him them to win the Champions League, but they they were able to win it with such style and such grit. And that followed with many of his teams, like Inter, especially that Inter team. Oh, my God. I mean, trouble-winning Inter team. And it was really the final, the last dance for them. So, But hopefully Mourinho keeps doing his magic, you know. He continues providing for Roma. So let's keep that going. I want to see what happens in two more years. For sure, man. And I think it's important to mention the Mourinho. I think it's five. It might be six. European finals he's contested he's won every single one of them so I wouldn't put him past you know despite how um heavily credentialed Sevilla are in the Europa League I wouldn't put it past him uh winning this final as well but yeah man definitely a great game to look out for it's coming up in a couple of weeks can't wait to see the result but I think we should start off where we do most weeks and that's in the Premier League man because you just mentioned it uh Arsenal man when we were last on our pod on our live stream there was a little small glimmer of hope that, I mean, we, we titled that episode, you know, Arsenal bottled it or Arsenal slip up, but man, they just totally bottled it. To be on top of the league for, I would say like 88% of the entire Premier League season, they were number one for over 200 days and then to lose out in very um, anticlimactic fashion. Basically, losing the Premier League to uh, to Manchester City. And they lost it. The way they lost it is what really grinds my gears, man. I mean, they lost a game. Man City didn't even have to win. And, you know, that Man City knew they had the league sewn up before they played their next game because Arsenal lost to Brentford recently. Or, excuse me, not in a forest recently. But, yeah, man, uh, third title in a row for Man City. And, oh, man, I don't know how you feel about this, man. You think it's a failure on Arsenal and Arteta's part? Or do you think it's we should still... You know, give them credit where credit's due because what a great season they have had despite bottling it literally at the last second. Nah, bro, what Arsenal did, I mean, I mean, bro, it's like 
it's like when you order something at a restaurant and so far everything's going well with the waiter, you know, bringing in the appetizers and everything. And then just at the end, the dessert sucks, you know, Th- that's kind of what it felt like and what it looked like there. But I don't think it was 88%. I think it was 93% of the season. So they just need that seven more. And man, it's, it's a, it's a huge failure, huge, huge failure. I mean, it just really comes down to those fine margins in that discipline, and that Arsenal did not have it. They were sure. I mean, they're all very young. Uh, the majority of the squad is, so they'll definitely learn from this. Uh, you know, you can take that, you can learn from it, and go from there. But they should have had enough to cross the line. They should have stayed disciplined enough to cross that line. You know, to run through that line. And I guess it. You know, it's a little bit of karma too, because I know uh, what's his name, Shevchenko. He was celebrating like a madman for so many games. So, finally came back to bite him. So, I'll ask you this, Aldo. Where do you think the season went wrong for Arsenal? Where do you think... was What was the pivotal moment in which you thought City was going to capitalize here and there's no going back? For me, it was that, that week where they had like... I think it was two... Or a week and a half where they had like two, three, uh, or three games um, consecutively. You know? I think Liverpool was one of those teams and... And before that, I think it was West Ham or something like that. In that, we, we talked about it. And I think it was we talked about an episode, but I think that was the week when when they lost it, right there. For me, man, and I think a lot of fans will agree with me here. I think the second um, William Saliba went down injured in that game versus Sporting, everything just started to go downhill for Arsenal, man. Because Arteta, he's a bit stubborn. He didn't want to change up the system or in any way. He wanted to stay with a back four and keep Ben White at right back, who I thought would have been the perfect replacement for Saliba as a center back because he's more than capable of doing so. But I guess if you do that, you know, you do offset the right back position, don't really have um, a good starter there that can supplement. But yeah, man, Saliba so crucial to Arsenal season. And then when he got injured, unfortunately, he went out the squad. I think that's when it all started to go downhill. We definitely saw how much his absence affected Arsenal, but Man, I mean, very, very unfortunate. And again, very, very fine margins. And they still have yet to recover with him not in the squad. And obviously, there's still one game left. They have Champions League sewn up. I think they have second place sewn up as well. But yeah, for me, man, that was that William Saliba injury. But again, I kind of want to retract a little bit because I agree with you. It is a huge, massive failure to, you know, bottle the league after being on top for so much of the season. But just to go where they are this season from where they were last season you know who expected them to finish top four i don't think any of us in our predictions put them in the top four but yeah they guaranteed champions league which they haven't played in a while so that'll be very good and definitely elevates the squad because if arsenal comes after you right now and you're a player you're a young player you want to go there you want to play under Mikel arteta that wasn't the case in previous years so you know definitely big ups to them and like you said hopefully they learn from this mistake and they go forward from here because, I mean, you know, three years in a row for City, man, it's, that's kind of boring, I'm not going to lie. You know, we need some parity, and hopefully Arsenal, after not winning the Premier League in, what, 10 years, 11 years, hopefully they finally get it soon. Yeah, it's going to be an, a good, you know, next season. Uh, just with the way Arsenal's going, United's going, hopefully Chelsea, you know, they get some, somewhere better now, especially with Poch coming in. And... I mean, Liverpool, too, I mean, I think they're going to make some some business during the summer. Uh, I think they're already trying to get McAllister right now. So that, that would be a huge boost for them. 
Yeah, speaking of Liverpool and Brighton, who plays for McAllister, I think the only you know logical place to go next is that top four finish because a lot has happened. Like you said, man, I think recently the likes of Brighton, Villa, and Spurs. Spurs was the big disappointing one, you know, for many fans just because they do make the Champions League so consistently, but all confirmed to not make at least Champions League football. They could still have a chance to make European football, whether it's the Europa or Conference League. But that uh, top four race, you know, it's uh, two spots to contend for right now, and it's being contended by three teams at the moment. Newcastle, Manchester United, and somehow Liverpool snuck up in there, you know, which is uh, quite shocking, honestly, depending on who you ask, where they were so far in the season up until a few weeks ago. But yeah, man, those three, I mean, Liverpool do have one game left to play, which can bring them to 69 points. It is kind of, you know, out of the realms of possibilities when you consider that Newcastle and United, they have two games left to play, so they can obviously, you know, jump Liverpool with a substantial mark. Honestly, it looks like a two-horse race, but there is a small, small chance of Liverpool making it, so, you know, don't want to discredit them or count them out. But Newcastle, they're keeping their uh, Champions League hopes alive as well. And I think for them, I think they're going to be just really thankful that they get the chance to play European football after so many years of not doing so. So I'm excited for that. But our, I mean, I, I know you, Aldo. I know you want your United back in the Champions League as well. Yeah, bro. Um, I definitely do. And and they're right there, you know. They're right there, like you said, along with Newcastle. Um, I think both teams just need one point from their next two matches to, to secure a spot, you know. Uh, like you said, Liverpool does have a small chance. They just have to have, you know, a couple of things go their way. Uh, but it's still there for them, you know, which is, yeah, insane. I was really hoping they they just wouldn't have a chance at all. They had a good second part of the season. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, Newcastle, I'm very excited for them. They've been doing really, really well uh, ever since they got, you know, that that uh, takeover. Um, and And they've been making some smart moves. They've been making smart business. And look where it's gotten them, man. Like third, you know, fourth or third place uh, in the Prem, competing in Champions League football. You know, and, and it's not just any kind of football that they're playing. They're playing really, really good football. They got to the Carabao Cup this year as well, too, to the final. And they lost against United. But that's still not something to, to just shove away for them. You know that's that's a big progress, huge progress. And I'm excited to see what happens to Newcastle in the coming years. Yeah, man, I 100% agree with all that that you just said. I think honestly, the logical and the most likely outcome is you know Arsenal, or excuse me, not Arsenal, Newcastle and United. They both finish in the Champions League places. Liverpool. I don't know, man. Like they have one game left, like I said, and then uh, Brighton right below them. They have two games in hand as well, and. Um, yeah, I think, honestly, Brighton, it's guaranteed they're going to play European football as well, whether it be Europa or um, or uh, Conference League. But, yeah, two games left. One is the, you know, against Man City and then Austin Villa, so two very tough opponents. So maybe Liverpool does finish fifth and gets that uh, Europa League spot. But also, you know, Brighton, they could also be in the Europa League. And at very worst or very minimum, they get the Conference League, which, again, similar to Newcastle, has not played European football in so many years. So either way, it'll be good to see, man. And... Yeah, that's pretty much it because, you know, Austin Villa in seventh, they're currently three points off, no, four points now off of Brighton in sixth, and then Spurs are right below them in eighth, uh, one point uh, below Austin Villa. So, yeah, I think it's uh, pretty much the top six that separate themselves from the rest of the league. But, 
you know, there's obviously it's this this Premier League season has been very very interesting because you obviously have you know the two horse race for the majority of the season with City and Arsenal. Well, United was in there for a little bit, but then you got uh, the top four or even I would say top six, pretty much all but sewn up. Then you got the mid table clubs, and you know obviously within the mid table come clubs comes teams like Chelsea, which we love to see after how much money they spend and how big that flopped but the relegation battle man that's where i want to take this conversation next the relegation battle is also heating up currently southampton is in last place and they are confirmed to go down to the championship next season but then you know 19th and 18th place it's still up in the air as well currently it's leicester and leeds united but everton and forest despite beating arsenal very recently they still have a chance of going down bournemouth too and you know i think it's just between those clubs because you know above them you got west ham wolves chelsea which i think are guaranteed safety at the moment but yeah who you uh who you think is going to be the two to join southampton in the championship next season man Bro, I think you're going to be right with your prediction of Leicester. And it sucks to say it because we, we – I mean, I thought after they won the Prem some time ago, we're like, okay, this is going to be a very competitive team for years to come. They're going to learn from the success and they're going to go from there. But fast forward to now, battling for, for, for safety, that's, that's quite – quite a shocker for me but i think it's going to be those last three that are currently there southampton leeds and leicester uh but yeah like i was saying leicester they got two games left to play so they have more points to pick up possibly but they're against you know west ham and spurs so not the easiest opponents and everyone else is i think they only got one game left to play but yeah man i'm right there with you i mean i think leeds will eventually get themselves out of where they're currently in because Leeds is funny, bro. They they sacked uh, Jesse Marsh, as we all know, and then they didn't want to go for the safe option and kind of concede to let's just fight for safety with the next manager we get in. Let's get someone a bit more pragmatic, excuse me, not pragmatic, a bit more attacking, and that was, oh, that Italian manager, what was his name? Jose Garcia. Gra- Gracia, excuse me. They want they brought him in and they're like, no, he's a manager to succeed. Uh, Marsh and they, who they had before that, which was Bielsa. It was Bielsa, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, they went with, kind of with like the same, um, uh, I guess, style manager with Gracia, but that didn't work out. And then they finally conceded, sacked him after about two or three weeks, and said, you know what, we're just gonna be concerned with trying to stay up. So they signed uh, Sam Allardyce, <laughs> and I think he's gonna actually do. I think he's gonna do the job. So sadly, I think the bottom three for me are gonna be Southampton, obviously, Leicester, and Everton. Everton, they have had a, had a terrible season. A lot of it is because of management, but, you know, they got a, a manager in right now who I think, I mean, Sean Dyche, that they tried to also just save the season for them, but he's not doing a good job of it at the moment. And, you know, they're they're right there, and the last game is against Bournemouth, who's also can potentially go down, so that'll be very, very interesting. Actually, I think the winner of that game will have a lot to dictate in this relegation battle, but it's going to come down to the wire in the last match day for most of these teams, which is exciting, man. But... Yeah, that's uh, pretty much the prem, unless you got anything else you want to add? Uh, nothing specifically, but I do want to say, freaking Carlo Ancelotti did everything so dirty. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. man. Because he just bounced them out. Isn't it One crazy <laughs> how when he was there... He had uh, Everton, what was it, in first place or second place in the Premier League for a while? They were in... Oh, yeah, they, they were up there for, for some time. I mean, I think they were... They were they were consa- like they were uh, consistently in the top four up until up Christmas. Until he left. Yeah, man. Yeah, he did. He or, did. Or like on the brink of top four up until he left. Yeah. 
Well, man, I think it's only right we go from a league that's all sewn up like the Premier League to another one that finally sewed up. Napoli, City A champions for the first time in years, man. And, man, I love the City A recently, you know, because who doesn't love parody? Juventus, Inter Milan, AC Milan, and Napoli, all four of the previous champions. And, man, I just, you know, I'm so happy to see this. I'm so happy for the city of Naples after Maradona. And now they got, you know, this young, up-and-coming, exciting squad. And, yeah, it's well-deserved, fully deserved. I will say I, I feel like this can be said for a lot of leagues this season. It feels like teams should have sewn up their league a lot sooner than they did and i think napoli is definitely the case in that because their their title win was a little bit weird you know they had the chance to win it at home at the maradona stadium but then they bottled that and they couldn't get over the line versus lazio and then they um no excuse me it wasn't versus lazio it was uh man i forget what happened well, anyways, they had the chance to win it at home, secure the, the title, but then they went away, and they actually secured the title away from home, but that didn't matter to the Nap- Napoli fans. They still packed the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium, and we're excited to bring it home for them. But, yeah, man, also enough for them. Um, and, honestly, the top four race in Serie A is also pretty exciting. Somehow Juventus is in second place right now. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Champions League places are still up for grabs, and Inter especially, they don't have Champions League football secured, so they're going to be really, you know, banking on the Champions League as well, the final, to win it, to qualify for next year. But, yeah, man, what you been making about City A so far this season? Or, I guess, at the tail end of the season? Bro, City A is fire. Uh, like you just said, dude, last four years, or last four seasons, four different winners. Um, and all of them, except for Juventus, They've been teams that, yeah, they haven't won it for years. You know, they've broken uh, droughts, which is good to see. So, Serie so yeah, A has just been straight fire for me. Yeah, we mentioned, obviously, Napoli and Juventus. Juventus, you know, there's still that talks or rumors, I guess, of them, you know, getting more points deducted or, you know, even being relegated possibly. But I think it's pretty safe to say right now with, I think, two games or three games remaining for Juve in the Serie A that they'll make Champions League football. But for me, man, Lazio, who's been very quiet, you know, just very steady in Serie A. They're currently in third place. I think they got Champions League sewn up pretty much. But yeah, a very underrated team with some very underrated players. I think they've had a tremendous season by their uh, standings. Obviously, uh, they're coached by Maurizio Sarri, who, as we all know, is renowned for his attacking prowess and really exciting flowing football. You know, we saw that with Napoli for so many years. We saw it for Chelsea for a little bit. Now he's doing over at Lazio, which is really exciting. Then you got the Milan clubs. I think they're battling for the last Champions League spot potentially. And like I said earlier, you know, Inter, they really want to win that Champions League final as well just to double secure that. But there's still a chance that they can, you know, uh, you know, miss out on the Champions League football next season, whether it be losing the final and, you know, losing fourth place to AC Milan or Atalanta in these last couple of games. But, yeah, I mean... That's pretty much it, man. I mean, top seven, you know, Roma, Atalanta right behind them as well. I think they'll play European football as well. And obviously, if Roma win that UCL, that UEL final, they'll play Champions League football next season. Yeah, like I said earlier, should have been sewn up a while ago. But, I mean, here we are with two, three games left of the season. And, you know, it's uh, it feels like a long-winded story, but it's finally come to a conclusion. Yeah, man, it definitely has. And what a way to do it. I mean... It's been a roller coaster for a lot of the teams uh, in the Serie A. Well, since we're talking about Serie A, who, you know, has one team in the Champions League final, and we just talked about the Prem, who has the other team contesting the Champions League final, uh, you want to just talk about that real quick? Because, man, it feels like the semifinals were 
we expected more. I feel like we expected more even matches between Madrid and City and then obviously in turn AC Milan as well. But, I mean, they kind of just cruised to the finals. And, <laughs> yeah, here we are uh, in Istanbul. Uh, the Champions League final going to take place uh, at the beginning of next month, early next month, City and Inter. And on paper, man, you just, you know, you back City, I think, every day of the week. But I th I'm kind of glad in a sense that Inter made it to the final because – we all know how well they do in cup competitions, especially their manager, how well he does in cup competitions. And I think, honestly, an Inter, uh, an Inter Man City final is possibly the best, most entertaining final. And I don't know if I could say the same if it was AC Milan and Man City. Dude, Loki, I was actually hoping for AC Milan Real Madrid final because I wouldn't, I just can't. Stand where I would not be able to stand if City gets this trouble, bro. Oh my gosh! But no, man. I mean, if anyone can do it, definitely Enter. I mean, Enter. They have a really good history in Cup Finals, like you said, or, or just in Cup competitions. They're and you know Benfica. Like the way they play, outplayed Benfica was actually really, really well done uh, as well to get to this. And then they played eight. They all played AC Milan. AC Milan was coming in, in my opinion, hot fire form. And they held them to, I think it was literally no goals, right? Because it was 1-0 first legs, 2-0 second legs, something like that. Right. Yeah, so that's actually quite impressive. And AC Milan, they're no sides. They got Rafael Lau, Olivier Giroud, which has been in hot form. Uh, what's his name? Brahim. Is it Ibrahim or... Just Brahim. Brahim Diaz? Yeah, him. You know, he's been pretty, pretty crucial there in that in that midfield. And not only that, I mean, just the defense they have with Tamori, uh, Hernandez, and I mean, they got Des or whatever. But either way, AC Milan, they're no slouches, and they had them off. They held them off to a clean sheet, not just once, but twice. So I'm very confident that Inter can get the job done against City, too. But it's going to be a very good game. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot closer than most of us suspect because, I mean, you look at the form cities on and the players they have and the full-strength squad they have, you know, it's definitely really scary. But I don't know. I think Inter, they they have a shot to make it interesting, and I think they, they'll surprise a lot of people in this final. But at the end of the day, I do think City's going to get over the line. I don't know about the treble. Uh, they'll probably just do a double because I really hope that Man United uh, beat them in the cup final coming up as well. But, yeah, I mean... I, if I say I love parody, I got to love parody everywhere. And City have yet to win the Champions League, whereas Inter have won a couple. So I'd, I'd be open to see it. And, you know, obviously Pep, I think he's well-deserving of this title. And, man, how many times has he been trying at this Champions League ever since leaving Barcelona? So if, to see him finally get it up over the line would be great. But, yeah, definitely going to be a great game. And, you know, I think going to be a great game. Nothing else to say. Um, what about... I guess we should go over to, you know, another league that's pretty much sewn up, and that is La Liga. You know, Barcelona, man, after what seems like weeks. Again, same thing here, bro. I feel like they should have sewn up the title weeks ago, but they've been very patchy and consistent. But they have finally, I think last week, confirmed the La Liga champions after a win. So I think that's very exciting for Barcelona fans because it is the first La Liga title since Messi departed the club, and a lot of teams and fans you know have always had that caveat over them of you know they can't do it without Messi but you know here they are proving them wrong they did or they confirmed their champions with that 4-2 win over away from Espanyol which is I want to talk about that a little bit because 
I'm pretty sure you saw this, bro. It was pretty viral on, you know, football Twitter and whatnot. But the Barcelona players, they were celebrating the league title on the field of Espanol Stadium as because, you know, it's not their fault they won it there. They, they just did. But they were Espanol Ultras. They, you know, rushed the field and were trying to, I don't know if they were trying to attack or I guess they were just trying to intimidate at the very least these Barcelona players. And that led to them fleeing to the locker room. And yeah, just very, in my opinion, very disgusting acts of um, fans in La Liga, Spain in general, bro. I mean, there's another thing I want to talk about in a little bit, but yeah, some of the most, I don't know if you consider it passionate, but I guess outspoken fans, and I think this was definitely one of the cases. But yeah, that's where they won the light, the league. And then just this weekend, you know, they lost to Espanol at home at the Camp Nou. And I think it's funny how they still celebrate the La Liga tro- trophy or win at the Camp Nou after a loss to Raul Sociedad. You know, <laughs> it's just the next game where they have to play at home. But yeah, Barcelona on top, uh, La Liga champions. Real Madrid have dropped the third. Atletico Madrid are currently in second. So, you know, I think that's actually how it's going to shape out for the rest of the season. And then Raucio Sadat, who we just mentioned earlier, they've been on fire. They've been beating Real Madrid, Barcelona, and currently in fourth place. So I think it'd be really good to see them play Champions League football as well. But yeah, man, La Liga, uh, similar to Serie A and a few other leagues, it felt like it should have been sewn up a while ago and just wasn't. Yeah, man, that's what I'm going to say. Xavi out. It's been ridiculous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Uh, no, I mean, congratulations to Barca. I guess they they did win the league. They they got over the line, unlike Arsenal, you know. So, and they, I do want to say they did it pretty, pretty convincingly. I mean, they they still held. Uh, they had a that really really good run for no goals conceded for such a long time. Uh, all the games they won that I remember seeing, they were all close games, you know. Um, you know, 1-0, 2-1, 3-2, stuff like that. So they put the the graft in and they, they got on, on the other side. So, yeah, congratulations to them. But to me, it's what I have seen now. Yeah, so now I kind of want to shift my attention to another hot topic in La Liga, and although I'm pretty sure you're aware of this because it happened literally just today on a Sunday. But, uh, you know, we mentioned Real Madrid, and they they obviously have a lot of reasons to be upset, you know, getting knocked out of the semifinals to Manchester City, dropping down to third in La Liga, you know, having their rivals, Atletico Madrid, jump them in second place. But just today, man, they were playing a game versus Valencia away at Valencia. And Vinicius Jr., man, this is a very, very hot topic right now in the world of football, but a man that has been constantly racially abused and honestly, you know, threatened quite a bit and uh, some very horrendous and just awful acts against him. Um, You know, you can definitely look into it on your own if you want to know exactly what's going on, but just very, very unfortunate season for this player because despite being such a great, talented player, I feel like everything just goes against him. And I think today was um, the pinnacle of that because uh, for those of you that don't know what happened, away to Valencia, it was this whole incident. Basically, there was a second ball that appeared on the pitch, and one of the Valencia players kicked it to Vinicius, who had possession of the ball, and that caused the ball to go out of bounds. And obviously, you know, it was this huge thing because why was there a second ball on the pitch? And that led to that was right away in front of the Valencia supporters and in, in front of their goal. And he was being racially abused the pretty much the entire game. This this was pretty early on too, but he was being racially abused. Um and then Vinicius, you know, how do you, how does one react to that? You know, Vinicius, I think he t- wanted to take matters into his own hands, actually pointed out the fan to the ref that was making hasty comments to him. And then that caused this huge brawl or outburst and just kind of a, 
a fight between Valencia and Real Madrid. And Vinicius somehow in all of this ended up in a in a, in a headlock, a chokehold, if you will, by Hugo Duro, uh, one of the Valencia players. And he retaliated, obviously, because he was already fired up from the racial abuse and just putting, being put in a headlock. He retaliated, which got him a red card somehow. But nothing was done to Doodle. Nothing was done to the Valencia fan, to my knowledge, that was racially abusing him or any of the fans. And Vinicius is very outspoken about this. You know, I feel bad for him because, you know, people are going to say that's not how he should react. You know, he should kill him with kindness and all these things. But I, I don't think we can really put ourselves in his shoes and expect him to act a certain way when he's put in that scenario. And it's been an entire season of it, literally. And it's just very unfortunate. You know, this is where I do feel bad for the player because Real Madrid fans have not done really anything to protect him as well. But, man, I think La Liga should be stepping in her authorities at this point because the season this guy's had has just been horrendous from a personal perspective. And, yeah, we don't want any of this in our game. Then kind of goes with the Espanol fans earlier, too. Some of the most passionate, uh, I don't know if passionate is the right word, some of the most outspoken fans do come from Spain. And, man, that's just that's just crazy. What do you make of all that? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I actually did see that video. Um, yeah, poor Vinicius, man. He was just manhandled by by a chokehold, um, and he was the one that got expelled. That that was a video I saw. I didn't know about uh, the whole racial abuse stuff. That's that's disgraceful. That's that's something that should not be happening. And I guess, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso recently, but there was something along those lines in the last episode uh, it wasn't necessarily racial abuse but it was still you know abuse and and bigotory um language being used by fans and in that in that episode you know Roy Kent came out and he and he summarized it perfectly you know just because you know you pay a price to come and see them uh, doesn't mean that you can be yelling out these words it doesn't mean that you have any type of right to, you know, to be, uh, just to give it, you know, yelling out this, this crazy bigoted stuff. Um, Cause at the end of the day, yeah, they're professional players, professional soccer players, but they're still human and any, no amount of money gives you the right to be saying that sort of stuff. So I, I think that's, that's something that, La Liga should be ashamed of themselves and and the you know the fans who was it Espanol you said Valencia 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 fans and Valencia board should be very very uh, involved in this because that, again that's something that should not be happening and it's I I kind of play more La Liga on this because it seems to be an ongoing thing every game every other game at least or every game with Vinicius. You know, not not so long ago it happened the same way. So that's something that Lottie should be ashamed of themselves and uh and the and the team should be ashamed of themselves, especially the fans. Yeah, man, one hundred percent agree with you. And also, you know, you mentioned you made a good point, bro. Shout out to Lasso and the series and the writers of that show because they're really hitting on some heavy topics this this season and you know, whether it's racism, like you said, that was definitely touched on with the whole Samuel Bisenya and Shut Up and Dribble movement and then the um the most recent episode well, yeah, is well, Yeah, you know, it tackles homophobia, which is a huge topic in world football. Most recently yeah. they talked about the Super League and I thought they did a really good job of shutting that down and explaining why that's so bad for the game. Man, what a what a show. And, you know, obviously it's meant to entertain and meant to make us feel good, but it hits on some real subjects like that. So shout out to Lasso and those writers because, man, I think some 
some real life football league should be taking notes from that show. But yeah, I agree with you, bro. Vinicius, just poor guy, bro. And then the fact that too, that, you know, fans will defend their actions and say, well, he shouldn't dribble. He shouldn't do this or that to provoke it, man. How he can't help who he is as a player or not, man, as a professional or as just as a person, he can't help who he is. And, you know, I think if you're asking those questions or making excuses for yourself, then you really need to look, have a good long look in the mirror and ask yourself, who are you? But I think we, you know, less said about that, the better. We can just move on because I think the best thing we can do is say we support Vinicius and uh, absolutely do not support the acts against him, you know. So, yeah, that's La Liga. And, you know, that's three of the top five leagues in Europe. The other two, they're not sewn up like, well, you know, these previous three. But before we get to those, because there is a bit of a race, I do want to shout out um, one more thing, and that comes from the UEFA Conference League. Speaking about fans that are passionate, quote-unquote, or just really, I don't know, much if that's the right word to use uh not this was also a very controversial topic but az alkmaar fans as well they invaded west ham uh in the semifinals of the uefa conference league and a game in which west ham won 2-1 but the az alkmaar ultras they were trying to deliberately go into a portion of the west ham stadium where they have west ham players west ham family or west ham family members to the players friends and i'm talking you know like grandmas and children and the az alkmaar fans were the ultras uh, i think that's important to mention they were deliberately trying to get to this part of the stadium and trying to attack these um fans these 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 friends and family members of of west ham but i think west ham fans you know they stood up for themselves there's one fan in particular who i think is like 60 years old just had a hip replacement surgery it's a really great story if you guys want to look it up but basically you know kind of held them off because police weren't doing such a great job about it but yeah, crazy, a lot of crazy football fans, man, and the over there in Europe. Most definitely, most definitely. And then, you know, since we're talking about ultras, I'm gonna bring it back to Serie A a little bit. But did you see AC Milan's ultras and and how involved they were in, in oh, yeah. battering <laughs> AC Milan? I think after their loss against was it Spezia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, so I can just just imagine being like. Just uh, like uh, what's it called, an eavesdropper there, <laughs> whatever that guy was getting. Because ah, oh, the reaction from the manager he was like, "Shit, okay, all right." <laughs> yeah, uh, and the fact but, that AC Milan players went to go talk to them and kind of <laughs> de-escalate the situation, man, that was great. But yeah, it, yeah, they they took it in the chin. Uh, AC Milan, those players, they they like, but you know, they just took it. Nothing else more to say. But I mean, that just kind of shows how much of the fans do play a part in these clubs uh, and how important these fans are to the clubs, but there's still always a line, you know, there, exactly. there will always be that line. Exactly. Well, I mean, want to talk about one more league here that does all but sewn up. And that was, I think confirmed last week, but bro, it's happened. Feyenoord man, air division champions after five or six years of, you know, not winning the league. They finally went over the line and in convincing fashion. If I, if I say so myself, bro, but yeah, they're confirmed to be champions with, I think, two games left to play. They just won today again, which is great to see. Obviously, we all know the story about Santiago Jimenez and the tremendous season he's been having. Continues to be great. And just Feyenoord in general, bro, what a great feel-good story. I mean, you can say that, you know, uh, other teams like PSV and Ajax have been having uh, iffy seasons, especially with Ajax after the departure of so many players and their manager. But take nothing away from Feyenoord. Take nothing away from the players they have, like Santiago Jimenez and like the tremendous manager that they have. Um, what's his name? It's on the tip of my tongue. Arn 
Arnslot, I think, something like that. Um, tremendous coach, tremendous team, and just such a feel-good story and the celebrations that took place after they were league champions. Just amazing to see, man. And yeah, I'm going to be excited to see them in the Champions League next season as well. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Uh, Feyenoord, I mean, Arsenal can learn from Feyenoord because for such a long part of, of their season, they were also in that first, you know, first spot. I don't know the exact number, but they were in that first spot for, for such a long time, you know, a good part of the season, and they were able to cross the line. They were able to run through the line, uh, which is fantastic. And for Santi Jimenez, yeah, like you said, bro, he's, he's what? He's the – I think he jumped everyone, like all the Mexican players that have come to to Europe on their first season in terms of goals scored. I mean, he jumped Chicharito, and I can't remember who was the other guy. Raul but Jimenez. he's, what, 20 – well, yeah, he jumped Raul Jimenez, uh, Raul Jimenez way back. Um, but like he jumped Lozano because Lozano had, like, 19 goals. Uh, Chicharito with 21. Uh, and I, and he's at the top of that list now with 20, uh, 23, I believe. Awesome, awesome news. And that just goes to show, you know, I remember we talked a lot uh, some time ago about how, you know, for Mexico, we need these type of players that want to go and grow. You know, they want to go out there and show what Mexico can do. Santiago Jimenez is doing exactly just that. So hopefully other, other young players... Um, take his example and we just keep going growing from there yeah man definitely agree with you and on the note of the air divisi you know fine obviously confirmed to play champions league football next season ix are not going to play in the champions league for the first time in a long time so that's you know one huge narrative i think psv they start to play a qualifier to make it to the champions league but ix definitely not going to return to the ucl next season but hey man i mean like i said earlier we know they had quite the turnover in the summer and they lost a lot of players including their great manager so this was almost but expected, but yeah, I, I don't put it up past IX and the system they have, the academy they have to get back to the pinnacle of not just Dutch football, but European football in general. But once again, congratulations, Feyenoord. Congratulations, Santiago. Bro, I love seeing Mexican players celebrate their trophies, whether it be league titles, cup titles, with the flag on their shoulders or on their back. Man, it's just great pride for us. And, you know, Santiago did that. Uh, Orbelin Pineda, shout out to him and uh, the team he plays for Athens over in Greece. They won the Greek title as well. And again, repping that Mexican flag. Uh, Chuki with Napoli, obviously, as well. And Eric Gutierrez, I mean, not let's not put it past him. He won the Dutch Cup with PSV this season. It's been a great season for Mexicans in general, bro. Yeah, it definitely has. It definitely has. And like I said, man, hopefully we just keep going, going from there. We keep a lot of these young players should take these players, uh, these players' example and their determination and hunger. So hopefully we just keep going from there. Yeah, man. Um, you, I don't, I'm not sure where you mentioned it, but you mentioned Benfica, you know, a little bit ago. So I think it's important that we at least touch on the Liga Nos, the Portuguese league, because it is coming down to the very last game of the season, which is next week. Benfica, they're currently top of the table and they're playing, or excuse me, they're currently top of the table with 84 points. Porto in second place with 82. Those two are confirmed to play Champions League football next season. But man, this uh, Liga Nos title also coming down to the wire. Benfica, they will play um, bottom of the table Santa Clara next week. And, you know, Porto, they have to hope and pray that they lose and they pick up results versus uh, Vitoria SC, which is a mid-table team in Liga Nos. But 
yeah, that Benfica or that Liga Nos title definitely coming down to the wire as well. You know, a great league. We all know what Benfica and even Porto to an extent did in the Champions League as well. So I'm definitely glad that there is one league or at least a f- one league of a few in Europe that is coming down to the wire, a top league that is. And I think, you know, the safe bet is Benfica, but there is a small chance that Porto can do it as well, man. But, you know, we all know the players that Benfica has this season and the tremendous season they had in Europe and domestically. So, yeah, uh, definitely going to be a hot topic as well this upcoming weekend. You got any thoughts on that? Not a whole lot, no. Um, yeah, I haven't been really paying too much attention to Liga Nos, if I'm being fully honest. But I think, it, like you said, it is a close one, isn't it? I think there's only four points dividing first and second. Mm-hmm. Two. Yeah. Two points? Yeah. So last time I saw that, it definitely got changed. Yeah. And it's been up and down. I think Benfica was on top for most of the season. Then they actually lost to Porto, and that kind of sparked a downfall. And Porto was on top for a while, but now Benfica's back on top. And, yeah, coming down to the last game, which is exciting. Yeah. And who does Benfica play in the last game? The last game they play literally bottom of the table, Santa Clara. So, you know, Porto, they got to hope that they, you know, get upset, and then they got to hope that they beat a mid-table team. Well, I mean, again, that's why we love this game. Anything can happen. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen. So... I'm going to be cheering for Porto. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I like Porto over Benfica. We'll see what happens on May 28th. Yep. All right. So that's, uh, I, th- I say we save the best league for last. And so I say we go next to Liga Ligon, you know, the French league. And again, bro, same thing. I feel like PSG should have sewn up the league weeks ago, man. But somehow they have yet to do so. They are on top and they are. I think six points. Yeah, six points ahead of second place Lens, but two games left to play, so there is a small chance that they can drop points in those get two games. And whether it be Lens or anyone else, really, I think Marseille. No, it's gonna be if it's gonna be anyone, it's gonna be Lens. Marseille is quite a distance away, but yeah, man, how have they not set up the title? And you know, this was gonna be my takeaway, but Lionel Messi and supposedly he's really unhappy. He took an unsanctioned vacation to Saudi Arabia, which you know probably a huge foreshadowing of where he's going to go in the future if you ask me because he's become kind of an ambassador for the tourism over there but took an unsanctioned vacation got uh suspended for two weeks then that i think suspension was rescinded or cut short to one week because he's now back in the squad so he's playing he's assisting he's scoring you know playing well with mbappe but you know it doesn't look too happy and i think he is definitely going to leave at the end of the summer or at the end of the season where he goes who knows? That's a topic for a different day. But PSG, man, how have they not confirmed this league on title? They can definitely do so next week because I think they play um, two like relegation candidates in the last two games. Uh, they play Strasbourg and Clermont Foot. But yeah, man, the the fact that they've it's taken them this long is honestly kind of pathetic. Not gonna lie, yeah, they should have they should have sealed it a long time ago because they were they were up there with like fifteen point league at some point. 15 point lead as well and but I guess that's why this it's the Farmers League you know because they can mess up so many times with so many games that at the end of it they would still win it somehow I mean because like right now mathematically Lens does have a chance of winning it but it's so the chances of it happening it's so small because PSU would have to lose their last two games Lens would have to win their last their last two games but they would have to score like I think it was like more than fifteen goals to 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 win by goal difference. So what I'm saying is 
there's a chance. Yeah, man, indeed. You said it right there, bro. The fact that they can mess up so much and still the league confirmed is pathetic. But I was listening to a podcast recently, and some guy made a really, really good point. You know, he said PSG season goes is split up into two parts, the beginning and the end. And that middle part really dictates it because at the beginning, they obviously cruise to the Champions League um, group stage. They make it to the knockout stage, and they think life is good. They think they can you know, make some damage in the knockout stage. They cruise to the top of Ligue 1 because they always have a tremendous start to the season because players are happy that they're, you know, winning games, you know, doing good in Europe and domestically. But then after that winter break, that's when it goes all downhill for, for PSG, especially with this year, you know, with the, the World Cup being slapped up in the middle of the season. But yeah, after that, you know, they get knocked out of the Champions League. Um, they start to drop points and kind of drop their heads in the Ligue 1. So yeah, definitely. I feel like it always starts great and ends terrible for PSG, and it's always the same thing. And I, that got me thinking, wow, that's so true, and that's been very indicative, indicative this season of you know players like Messi and Neymar as well. So, yeah, PSG, man, they need a completely new rebuild. But, hey, different topic for a different day. We might do a podcast about that in the summer. But, yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to get the league sewn up next week. So, uh, yeah, I guess... <laughs> Uh, well, one thing I do want to mention before we get off uh, Lee Gong, but a player that's made a lot of noise this season playing for Rens, and Rens, who is, you know, up in sixth place right now, been doing really well, has upset a few big teams this season. But Florian Balogun, man, you know, Arsenal low knee, he had the chance to play for so many different nations, you know, whether it be the Canada, I think he's Welsh, actually, I thought he was just English, but because uh, he played for Arsenal Academy, but he has finally committed to the U.S., which I think is great news for the u.s men's national team fans because man this is you guys have been looking for a number nine for years you know um ricardo pepe hasn't worked out um jesus ferreira hasn't worked out and you know you tried timothy way as a nine he's better off the wing but they finally solved this long problem of who their number nine who their long-term number nine is going to be and that's florian balligan what a season he's been having 20 goals so i think you know u.s fans have a lot to be excited for for the future and again i think that uh Number nine question mark is a big reason as why he committed to the U.S. because this was unexpected to a lot of people, especially to me. So when I saw this confirmed, man, <laughs> it was just, you know, as a Mexico fan, it's another reason to be jealous. But it's exciting that uh, that core group of youngsters just keeps getting more and more exciting. And man, the U.S., man, what a bright future. Yeah, that's, uh, I saw that news. That's, um, that's going to be really good for the U.S., not going to lie. I mean, I liked how they, played in the World Cup. I like how they how they moved the ball around. It was really good football, I'm not gonna lie. And and we saw what they did with it. But we also saw what they were missing, which was that number nine, like you just said. They had so many chances in in that World Cup to where they just needed someone to be there to have that presence and, 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 and get the goal, you know? So now with with him coming in, oof it's going to be a really good U.S. team, uh, especially with, uh, you know, four more years uh, for the next World Cup. Which, by the way, did you see the World Cup logo? Bro, what the hell was that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude, that looks exactly like you forgot the project was due tomorrow night, and you literally did it last minute. Bro, oh, that's it's literally just the world, like a picture of the World Cup with a bubble around mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. it. That's all there is to it. Dude, for the biggest World Cup that's been... Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's terrible. I really hope they I change would, that, man. I really hope they change that. I don't think so, man. Because usually when they set something, that it's kind of set in stone. But, I mean, come on. I mean, just... 
just going back all the way to South Africa. I mean, the South Africa logo and the Brazil logo, which I, I think the Brazil logo was was a good one. My favorite is definitely South Africa. And then the Qatar logo was elegant. Mm-hmm. The Russian logo was, I mean, it was Russian. It looked <laughs> Russian. It was perfect. But this one, oh, my God. Abysmal. Yeah. Yeah, whoever designed that should be a fire straight away, man. What a terrible logo, but... Well, I don't think the person that designed... I think the person that approved it... Like, mm-hmm. the person that said, yes, this this is it right here. This describes Canada, Mexico, USA, mm-hmm. 2026. I mean, come on. Atrocious. But we'll, we'll, I guess we can talk more about that later. Hopefully, they, they come to their senses, like you said, and, and do something about it, I, even though I don't think they will. I mean, it's financially gonna be a headache whatever that's always their excuse but yep and we all know if you how corrupt they are but yeah yeah that's what but we were talking about you know the u.s and and how they got their new long-term number nine um and how you were jealous about them but i'm gonna be honest i like our number nine long-term santiago he's looking really well so it's gonna be a good next couple years yeah, it's going to be a lot of great competition, that's for sure. But, hey, man, I think we move on to literally the last league that we've yet to mention and literally the only thing keeping me hope for the rest of the season, bro. And honestly, I I conceded the title or I conceded this point earlier in, in this podcast later earlier this year. I did not think with one game left to play, there is a huge possibility that Borussia Dortmund finally ends this 10-year wait of having a Bundesliga champion besides Bayern Munich, bro. Currently... First place, 70 points, two points ahead of Bayern, and second with 68 points. The unbelievable happened earlier this weekend, bro. RB Leipzig, who has a terrible record against Bayern Munich and a terrible record, especially at the Bay Arena. They beat them 3-1, and Dortmund, they got the win in 3-0 against Augsburg. So it comes down to the last game of the season. Dortmund, home to Mainz, and Bayern away to Cologne. Oh, dude, that's a big opportunity for Dortmund. And if they bottle this, it's going to be worse than Arsenal. <laughs> But if they bottle this, oh, man, I'll be so upset. But I don't think they will, man. I think they're going to prove me wrong from my statement earlier in the season when I think the title is Byron's for an 11th year in a row. And I think hopefully Dortmund are going to bring back the Bundesliga to, to um, I forget where they're from, but hopefully they're going to win the Bundesliga title. Dude, I don't lie. This, Bund- uh, this year for the Bundesliga was actually really good, uh, in my opinion. Um at the end of it, for the last game, Dortmund has it in their hands. You know, they, they don't have to rely on anyone else. They don't have to rely on any other result. They win, they get it. Simple as that. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. And, yeah, first time since 2012. I mean, oh, I remember the squad from then. I mean, Mario Gotze, Lewandowski, Kagawa. Uh, uh, Hummels was still there Hummels and he can potentially win it again <laughs> yeah I know dude uh, Blaskosowski that guy was a cult hero not yeah. gonna lie oh man yeah dude uh, but yeah the, it, and was Royce in that squad too yeah he's no, there I think, was he there or was he at uh, Mönchengladbach oh yeah I think he might have been there I think he was at Mönchengladbach at that time but it's as simple as that you, you win it that's it done and dusted you don't have to rely on anyone else just go get the job done all right um but also you know below Bayern and Dortmund we still have Union Berlin which they are also close you know it's in their hands it's in their their power to seal Champions League football for them so imagine that Union Berlin in the Champions League next season that would be insane 
Because when, when I've never seen this team in the Champions League, I don't remember them. No, I mean, neither. Just Europa League recently. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let me cool this. Union, Berlin. That's ahead of so many good teams that have been having so many good campaigns as well, like Bayer Leverkusen, Eintracht Frankfurt, but Borussia Mönchengladbach. So yeah, definitely exciting, man. But again, I can't say this enough. I can't emphasize this enough. We're all cheering for Dortmund to win the Bundesliga title next yes, weekend, yes, man. We so yeah, hopefully they can finally get it over the line because, like I say all the time, bro, we love parity. But hey, man, that's pretty much. I mean, not, not even the top five leagues because we covered the, the Dutch one, the Portuguese one as well. We've basically covered seven leagues and the Champions League as well, the Europa League, the Conference League. So I think it's only right that we end the podcast with our top 10 list with one game left to go for majority of the leagues in the season. And man, it's been a while since we adjusted this. Are you ready for that? Well, I'm going to try. Oh, and by the way, they've never played in the Champions League. So, so you and Berlin are one game away winning one game away of his, of making history for themselves going to the Champions League. I think that's another narrative that's, we'll all be rooting for. Yeah, that's 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 insane, bro. Cuz not that long ago we were talking about them how um like way back when how they were recently re- uh promoted and we were like yeah, they're either going to survive or or get relegated again. And they're in the top 4, which is insane. That's awesome. But yeah, man, I'm ready to get started with this uh uh, uh, top 10 yeah so just to remind the viewers and listeners because it has been a long time but last time we left out the top 10 it was like this going from 10th to 1st we had Dortmund in 10th Barcelona in 9th Newcastle in 8th Austin Villa in 7th Manchester United 6th Inter Milan 5th Napoli 4th AC Milan 3rd Feyenoord 2nd and Manchester City 1st alright bro so I say we go from you know 10th to 1st and I think Dortmund they don't deserve to be in 10th place they deserve to be a lot higher how high? I don't know. Barca, I think they deserve to be at least a couple spaces higher. And honestly, I think Newcastle in 8th, I think they're you know a good team to start this list with at 10th because they've been impressive, they've been consistent, but there's just a lot of teams, in my opinion, that you know are ahead of them. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I want to agree with that. I want to agree with that. I think they would be good at, at the, for 10th. All right. Uh, hold up. I'm trying to copy and paste it, everything. All right, so Newcastle in 9th. Um, man, this is hard. Uh, <laughs> ninth place. I mean, we had Barca there, but I say, you know, they deserve to be at least a couple spots higher. Uh, maybe someone like Milan, uh, AC Milan, that is. Maybe we put them in ninth because, you know, they made it. Um, I don't know. They've been kind of bottling the top four race and said, yeah. Actually, now that I think of it, bro, I think it should be Milan 10th. Yeah, that would then make more sense, huh? That would make a lot yeah. more sense. Because they did get eliminated. They got held to a shutout twice. They lost against Spezia. Yeah, I'm going to say Milan 10th. All right. All right, so yeah, that's the first two spots done. Dusted, AC Milan 10th, Newcastle 9th. Uh, eighth, we had, well, we moved Newcastle from 8th to 9th. Uh, Villa, Manchester United, Inter, Napoli, Milan. Ooh, I think, uh, man, this is this is tricky. Napoli kind of stumbled to the Serie A title, so maybe 8th place is a good place for them. Uh Austin Villa, you know, they they, we, they were hot for a hot minute, but recently, you know, they're... I don't even think they have a chance of making European football this season. And, you know, not that... No, they, they do not. Uh, just because... I mean, Aston Villa's chances are kind of way a couple, three weeks ago, since the last time we recorded. They had, Their chances were depending on, like, Newcastle and United dropping points. Yeah. And, and just with the form they've been in United and Newcastle, 
yeah, they, those chances have diminished for Aston Villa. Aston Villa, they've still doing, been doing pretty well. I mean, unfortunately, they, they drew against Liverpool uh, not that long ago. But I, I think they should be ninth in the Newcastle 8th. You think they've been doing better than Milan, though? No, sorry. Sorry. Uh, should we put them Aston Villa better than Milan? Yeah, because you said put them in ninth, right? Yeah. I think so, just because you know it's been a it's been a tough last couple of weeks for Milan. I'm telling you, they got eliminated from Champions League. They were held to a shutout in both legs. I mean, you could even argue in their own home turf twice, um, and they lost against Spezia, which I think they're in the bottom of the league or like lower half of the league. So yeah, I would say Milan at ten. You know what, bro? I agree with you. Yeah, Milan 10th, Austin Villa 9th, Newcastle 8th. That sounds pretty good to me. Yo, who's next? All right, well, 7th, I mean, I mean, Austin Villa was previously 7th, but obviously that can change. Uh, You know what? I think 7th, I think either Dortmund or Inter Milan, because, yeah, you can say Inter Milan's in the Champions League final, but, again, they're kind of, like, they're kind of not that consistent and over in Serie A. Um, they lost three one to Napoli. I mean, they did beat Swasuolo. They beat Roma. They beat Verona pretty convincingly. Ooh, this is hard. I mean, I mean, I think Dortmund. I think it'd be fair to jump up from tenth to seventh. No, I mean, first in the Bundesliga. I, I would say so. I mean, I don't know. Let's put Dortmund there for as a placeholder for now, and then see how we feel about it later. Yeah. 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 All right. So Dortmund, they go from tenth to seventh. Uh, United. Was in six last time we did this list. Honestly, I think United has been pretty consistent, and I think you know they don't deserve to be any higher or lower than that. <laughs> Are you okay with leaving them in six? Honestly, yeah, is it's consistency. So yeah, and then we get six to is- you know the top five, which is Inter, Napoli, Milan, Feyenoord, City. I mean, I think you know if we, I know we said we start from tenth to first, but I think if it's Top two are still obvious. I think City and Feyenoord are still well-deserved of first and second place. Um, would you agree? I kind of want to put Feyenoord in first because City didn't have to play to win the their league title, whereas Feyenoord got it after a hard-fought win. That is true, but come on, bro. They're the Champions League finalists just playing uh, playing tremendous I football. I guess so. I mean, <laughs> thought I was going to get away with it, but yeah, I, I hate City. But yeah, sure. Let's keep them at first. All right. So we got to round out third through fifth. Uh, Inter, Napoli, Milan. I think Inter is pretty fair at fifth still, no? I mean, yeah, Champions League finalist. Um, but, you know, mm, well, I guess since we moved Milan to, from third to tenth, we got to find a, a new position for any of these teams, really. Um,. Napoli, I mean, they stumbled to the Serie A title, like we said. Barcelona, I mean, I think... I would say Barcelona would be in fourth. Barcelona in fourth. Yeah, I can see that. Who would be third, then? Barca, Napoli, Inter. I mean, third, I think Napoli, because they, they did it. They won the league. Yeah. And they you beat know, Inter 3-1 would, I, this past weekend. Yeah, I think it would make sense to, for the top three be the cha- champions, most recent champions. Yeah. Let me just plug this in, see how it looks. Yeah, Napoli third, Barca fourth, Inter fifth. Eh, That makes sense to me, yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. All right. Well, yeah, man. Uh, As as it is every single time when we have a top ten list debate with just two people, it's, you know, pretty far straightforward to the point. So here it is, going from tenth to first. 
We got AC Milan in 10th, Austin Villa in 9th, Newcastle in 8th, Borussia Dortmund in 7th, Manchester United in 6th, Inter Milan in 5th, Barcelona in 4th, Napoli in 3rd, Feyenoord 2nd, and Manchester City 1st. Sound good? Sound good. All right, man. Well, hey, that's pretty much the end of our show, man. You got anything else to say before we sign off? Yeah, guys. Um, Any of you that might have Apple TV, definitely check out Ted Lasso. I'm not going to lie. It's a fun show. Sure. I mean, I watched it because it was soccer-related, but it's really opened my eyes out there. I will say that. It's given me a different perspective on how I world, on how I see world football. So check it out, guys. Yeah, nicely said there, man. And I think with that, we'll just wrap up the pod. Good to be back, bro. Nice to, you know, chat with you about footy and catch up a bit and definitely, you know, put an episode out there after our live stream, which was, you know, three, two weeks ago now. So, yeah, definitely good to be back. So thank you guys for listening as always. And make sure, you know, you follow like our podcast or whatever it is on any platform where you listen on, whether it's Spotify, Apple or whatever. Um, follow our socials Twitter, TikTok and 90 and 60 pod and again thank you as always for listening we'll see you next week adios